Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, hello. It's Susan Pinkney, your host of the Southern Bell of Beverly Hills on the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe this week's episode? The real BIPOC housewives. In case you don't know, BIPOC stands for Black Indigenous People of Color. I chose to use that word because everybody in the United States identifies the way they want to identify. And I think BIPOC might be a little bit more inclusive nowadays. And just in case you guys think I'm like really enlightened, I'm not. I learned that term from Dr. Alfie. Shout out to Dr. Alfie. A friend of mine from like junior high, high school, who I worked with when she was on a YouTube mental health campaign for a YouTube brand video. I heard her speaking of BIPOC and had to Google it because she said it so casually as if it was something that I was supposed to know. And I'm a little embarrassed um, that that was really my first introduction to the word. BIPOC, uh, the real BIPOC housewives. I'm going to be talking about how all black people don't have the same experiences, don't have the same thoughts, don't wear the same clothes. All black people are individuals, even people in the same family, from the same neighborhoods, went to the same schools, are all individuals with their own thoughts. And each day helps them to grow and become more developed and more enriched, just like every other person in the world. This sounds ridiculous that I have to say this, but you would be surprised even in 2021, the year that people are supposed to be more enlightened and understanding, they still see black culture, I did in quotes, as one homogenous thing, black culture. I love that people wanna be inclusive and say the word black culture, so I can't be mad at that, but the idea that there is one such thing as black culture, just like, there is no one such thing as white culture, shouldn't have to be a light bulb moment for anybody. It should be common sense that people are individuals with different backgrounds, different thoughts, different life experiences that make every single person different. The only thing we would possibly have in common, of course, would be genetics, DNA, that kind of thing. And I'm going to be talking about the housewives because I feel like the housewives now are the best representation of how different even black upscale higher income women can be even on a platform like the real housewives so let's talk about the original franchise atlanta shout out to atlanta love them talked about them in the past i love watching them but much in the way that the Real Housewives of Orange County and the Real Housewives of New York City was in some parts me observing 
people that I didn't fully relate to, even though they were black, the Real Housewives of Atlanta, I still saw them in the same way under the same lens that I would have looked at, say, New York or Orange County as a group of women that maybe every now and then I could relate to something personally with them. But it was more or less a group of women that from the way they wore their hair to the events that they created to the way they spoke to each other, everything. It was a group of women that I didn't completely identify with. I loved seeing them because I loved that BIPOC women had an opportunity to have a reality show and to show affluence in the black community and to show Atlanta is this amazing mecca for black professionals. So it is an amazing show, but I didn't fully feel aligned with any of them. For those of you who are old enough, or even those of you who know a little bit about 90s culture, there used to be this thing when the Sex and the City show aired where everyone wanted to know which character were you? Were you a Carrie? Were you a Samantha? Which character did you mostly relate to or identify with. Of course, everyone wanted to be a Carrie because she was kind of the most well-rounded character, even in her flaws. But it's a thing where you want to see people on television that you relate to. And so as much as we all, America, not just Black America, as much as we all enjoy the Atlanta Housewives, they weren't a group that I personally could relate to their personal experiences. And then, of course, you had Real Housewives of Potomac. And the Real Housewives of Potomac, some people in the beginning called the franchise slow. They said that it was boring or that there wasn't enough fighting and drama. And ironically, that's the franchise that I most closely feel aligned with. I feel like I know these women in the sense that most of them went to college. Most of them went to an HBCU, actually. And even though, excuse me, even though I only experienced two semesters at Hampton University during the time where I was working full time and helping to take care of my grandmother, I do still feel like I have the HBCU experience under my belt. So let's just say that. I most closely related to these women and, and actually know people who know them. I even went out with a guy who, according to him, went out on a date with Giselle. So, I mean, that's how closely aligned these people are with the world that I live or lived in. Like, I feel like their experiences, their church experiences, their, the, their dating experiences, their, the way they fight for their relationships, like all that stuff. I feel more closely aligned with them than any other group. And I'm so excited that they are coming back for a brand new season. I even got my hair style inspiration from Ashley Darby. So Ashley, of course, has the, the natural hair on the show. And I don't want to overstate this, but I believe she was one of the first and maybe the only housewife on any franchise who wears natural hair. 
last season she did a lot of wigs and straightening her hair, but she rocked her natural hair and you rarely, if ever, saw that on any of the franchises. I think in Atlanta, maybe Cynthia wore some wigs or every now and then had her own braids. But for the most part, I think Ashley Darby rocked it for the natural hair sisters. And she was my style inspiration as I was transitioning to natural hair. And I will talk to you guys about that another time. I love it. Turned out great. Um, still learning how to do certain things, but it's fun. It's cute. It's sassy. It's wild. It's crazy. It's everything that I wanted it to be. And I kind of feel like I can give Ashley part, not full part credit for some of the style inspiration. And back to Giselle. Giselle, of course, was married to a pastor and then they got a divorce and then she got back with her pastor ex. And according to the way that the preview has been edited, it appears that there may be some trouble in that relationship. However, no judgment for anyone or any anybody who ever wants to fight for love. And if it's true that it didn't work out, that makes me sad. And to that end, it also makes me sad to hear that there may be a little bit of trouble in paradise for my girl, Wendy. Although when they were in Portugal and Wendy wanted to keep the party going constantly and consistently, this woman who's a doctor with six degrees who grew up in America, but with a very strong African culture, I kind of felt like there was something underneath there too, like that she was not willing to share yet on the show and God bless her and good luck to her. You could kind of see that there may have been something underneath that as well. Or maybe it's just because I'm such a connoisseur of the housewives that I picked up on it. I love that these women share their real lives and that they don't fight. And that even when they do fight, they fight the way that I would fight with my friends. With the exception of Monique and Candace, which I think was an anomaly. I don't think we'll see anything like that on the show again. I don't think that was representative of Potomac. I don't think that they in any way condoned it. And the way that they handled it from the very first night that it happened all the way through, I respect them for trying their best to separate and distance themselves from that kind of activity and behavior on their show. And there's never an excuse, never. And that's the difference. That's, these are women that I actually could see myself knowing in real life. I'm not gonna say how close I would be with them or what I would share with them, but I could see myself knowing these people. Whereas, Let's go to Real Housewives of New York real quick and talk about Miss Ebony K. Williams, who was the first Real Housewife of New York that is black. My heart hurts when I watch her on the show. When she was first introduced, I, of course, feel very aligned with her. I relate to her not only for her appearance, how she dresses, how she speaks, how she wears her hair. Like I relate to her on so many different levels. However, where she is with trying to make Ramona, for example, understand something that they're not willing to understand or hear, 
It's frustrating to me as a viewer. It breaks my heart. I was where she is, I'm gonna say starting 10 years ago. And I see now how I must have come across to other people when I try to explain to them what it was like walking in Beverly Hills and having people basically accuse you of being the devil incarnate himself because you're a black woman on your daily walk and they don't know who you are. So they want to make up stories and say horrible things. Like it was real. The struggle was real. It's also when as a black woman, I called the police in Beverly Hills in the middle of the night because there was somebody outside of my window and I called and they came and not only did they doubt what I was telling them, but they made fun of what I was telling them in my face. So not only was I not believed, but I was antagonized to the point where I felt like, okay, well, I have no allies in the city of Beverly Hills. If anything happens, I'm on my own because they don't care about black people. So where Ebony is, I was, I was there like 10 years ago. And then once everyone started to march and the Black Lives Matter protests happened and people started to open their eyes and open their ears and their hearts and listen and understand and say, okay, wait a minute. Maybe your experiences aren't the same as my experiences. Maybe what you go through on a daily basis, just by trying to go to the grocery store is different than what I experience when I run into the grocery store and run back out. Maybe your life experiences are completely different than mine, even though we're neighbors, even though we drive the same cars, even though we work at the same place, even though we wear the same clothes, your experiences may be different than mine. So once people started to finally get it and there were protests all over America, I felt like I could let my hair down. <laughs> I felt like I could just take a moment and, and I'm where Bershawn is. Bershawn Shaw is the second Real Housewife of New York City. Bershawn is famously a cancer survivor and she's not only a survivor, but she was given three months, I think she said, and told that she was going to die. And that was about 12 or 13 years ago. And so every day to her is more than a gift. Every day to her is a party, a dance. Like every day is a celebration. Let's just be light and have fun. And the world is happening and I understand that. But I, in this moment, need to take a breath because I have been holding my breath for so long. I understand where Bershawn is. And it takes both of them on the show to balance the Real Housewives of New York City. It takes Ebony K. Williams fighting the good fight, saying all the right things, trying her best, beating her head against the wall. And it takes Bershawn to be like, you know what, I'm not trying to undermine you, but at the same time, I'm here to have a good time tonight. And I'm so glad that Bravo has both women on the show. I'm so glad that Bravo is allowing the world to see, you know what, 
this is what our experience can look like. It's one of how many ever millions, you know, experiences, but this is what our experience can look like. And then we can go to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, of course, which I've always, not the financial part, but I've always really been aligned and understood them, even when it was an all white cast. I know that sounds weird, but maybe it's because of the location. Maybe it's because of the places that they would frequent, the restaurants, the simple parts of just living in a city with a common city that I live in. I understood them more. I was more aligned with them. I understood, like, it was not as much of a Jacques Cousteau or Jack Hanna experience watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills as it was, say, watching New York or OC for me. I love that Garcelle Beauvais, again, for anybody who's old enough and who may have paid attention to 90s culture, she was fancy from the Jamie Foxx show. I love that Garcelle Beauvais is there to be kind of an amalgamation of both Ebony K. Williams and Bershawn. She's one woman on a show with very strong personalities very strong personalities, very enlightened, all of them in their own way. And Garcelle is bringing the education and the lightheartedness, just being herself, bringing the entertainment culture, her experience as a host, her experience as an actress, a model. She's bringing all of those facets to the show. Naturally, it doesn't feel forced. It does not in any moment, not even when she's fighting with say Kyle or anyone else, Lisa Renna, it never feels like she's going to be kicked out of the cookout. I use those terms on purpose, but it never feels like she's going to be not invited to the next event. So going back to New York, every time that Ebony K. Williams opens her mouth, I feel like it's her last time being invited to the paint party or the wine tasting or the trip to Salem or whatever. I feel like it's the last time that we're gonna see Miss Ebony K. Williams on the show because she's rubbing them the wrong way because they're not open and ready to hear what she has to say and she's forcing it on them. And as much as I respect her for doing her best to educate them and to make them understand, there comes a point when you realize they just don't. And that's the point when you figure out how you're going to respond because you can't change anybody else's perspective. The only perspective you can change is your own. But what I like is that Bravo is attempting to show the whole gamut, the whole world of black people. So to the development executive who back in the mid teens of the two thousands, called Bravo a black network. And I left the meeting thinking, what Bravo is he talking about? Because Bravo is not a black network. And I couldn't understand if he thought he was talking about BET. Like, what did he think he was talking about? But to that executive, I would have to say, maybe now you're right. Hey, if you enjoyed this show, please rate and subscribe on iTunes. You can find it at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast, as well as any other place you get your podcasts. 
I look forward to talking to you again. Take care. Watch Potomac. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.